Are you ready for the most ridiculous internet sports show you have ever seen? Welcome to React, home of the most outrageous and hilarious videos the web has to offer. So join me, Rocky Theus, and my co-host, Raiders Pro Bowl defensive end, Max Crosby, as we invite your favorite athletes, celebrities, influencers, entertainers in for an episode of games, laughs, and of course, the funniest reactions to the wildest web clips out there. Catch Reacts on YouTube, and that is Reacts, R-E-A-X-X. Don't miss it. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Regressing to the mean since 2015, it's the Hockey PDO Cast with your host, Dmitry Filipovich. Welcome to the Hockey PDO Cast. My name is Dmitry Filipovich, and joining me for part two of this redrafting with the benefit of hindsight extravaganza is Garrett Hole. Garrett, what's going on, man? Oh, I'm getting ready uh, to pile into the draft, uh, starting with when the Winnipeg Jets returned. Mm, yeah, this is a big one for you. Um, so for those of you who haven't listened to part one of this, it would everything would make a lot more sense if you do. Uh, <laughs> we did 2006 to 2010 on that one, and now we're going to do 2011 to 2015. So basically, let's, let's quickly rehash things. Um, just for those of you that, you know, we've been talking for so long now that maybe people yeah. have forgotten. Um, what's, what's our methodology here? Like, how are we, how are we constructing this? Cause it's obviously not just randomly willy nilly, just picking names out of a hat. Yeah. Um, what we kind of mentioned earlier is because of the fact that we're going over a span of time that has a lot of players who've already passed their peak and, with the earlier years, like the last podcast, yep. um, that was a lot more career overall impact. And now, because of the fact we're looking more with players who, you know, may not have hit their full stride quite yet, there's a lot more speculation in terms of what their career overall value is. Um, and I think we said that we're, you know, going to try to limit it as much as possible with the what if games. Even though I tried to slide one with Jordan Stahl, but. <laughs> Yes, I think that's a good, good, good way to sum it up. And especially now, I mean, 2011, it, it has been a handful of years. But like when we get to like 2014 or 2015, it's obviously a lot of it is still kind of. Projection I do have based. a 2016 just in case. Yeah, I didn't want to do 2016. Uh, we should have done 2000, 2017. How do we, how Pat, do we feel about this? Draft? Patrick Lyon, first overall, for mm. 2016. You guys are gonna have to tune into. Toronto you guys are gonna have to tune into part three of this podcast to, to, to hear that take. <laughs> Um, so this is a fascinating draft because my, Ryan my, Nugent Hopkins went first. Yep. He is not first on my list. No. In hindsight. He is not in my top. Well, he's, I have him 10th, but I guess you could put him as far up as like sixth or seventh, but he dropped quite a bit for me on this list. It's definitely inter- interesting because both 
Ryan Newton Hopkins and Gabriel Landeskog were number ones and number two mm. for the draft, and they didn't end up bust. No. They actually came out with early in their career pretty strong NHLers. Yep. But people have kind of passed them. Yes. And usually when you're dealing with like, you know, like the early guys, it was that didn't really quite make it often. It's, the, you know, the early guys that, you know, maybe probably shouldn't have been given a chance in the first place. Hmm. Um, like we kind of went over Eric Johnson earlier or, you know, you have the guys who just never quite connected like the nail Yakubovs, which I'm sure we're going to deal with in a bit. But this was different. These were, you know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Gabriel Landeskog, when they first came in the NHL, people were like, okay, maybe they should have been, like, number one and number two. But I don't actually have either of them in my top ten. I have them 10th and 11th. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, not ideal. Obviously, turned out to be fine NHL players, so it's not like they were just complete busts. But... And my top three are not first-round picks. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I'm very curious to hear who your top three are because... Uh, and they go rounds two, rounds four, and rounds three. Although I kind of, you know, my well, number... I'm looking where Nikita Kucherov went before I can verify that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, actually, no, my, my, my third overall is Mark Shifley. Oh, okay. I have him fourth, so. I went with Nikita Kucherov. Yep. Johnny Gaudreau. Yep. Vincent Trochet. So yeah, Brennan Saad. Ooh. But he was also a second-round pick. Yes. No, no, Trochet was third. Third round. It's amazing because Brennan Saad was, like, the third guy or something that the Blackhawks took in the second round of this draft. And he was the best of them. Yeah. And it's like... If the Blackhawks were so sold on Brennan's side and they he's, had he's his... the second best second rounder yeah. of that whole draft, not just of the ones that Yeah. Um so yeah, Kucherov, Goudreau, Shifley, Saad for me. I have Trocek uh coming up very soon. Um I'm big on Trocek. Yeah. Not not just I mean he's an analytical darling, he's got a great war, um he just had a great season, healthy um for the most part. And on top of it, I just love his game style. He's a fun player to watch. He's a he's an awesome player. I mean, there's a lot of those. Uh, there's a yeah. lot of fascinating like two way guys who are yeah. Uh, and I'm users. trying not to be biased towards Jets players, so maybe I put Shifley one spot. Yeah, there. no Shifley. I mean, and another Shifley's guy. Though, awesome. Um, but yeah, I went Kucherov one, Gaudreau two, Trocheck three, Shifley four. So if we wait, if we did this before the season that had just happened. Would you have would you have had Goodrow ahead of Kucherov? I don't think so. Goodrow was coming off of an amazing season and he, he definitely did. took a down downturn this year. A lot of it was kind of just line mate related and had a weird season and it was banged up a bit. And Kucherov was obviously you could make the case like the most valuable player in the league, other yeah. than McDavid, I guess. Although I mean, for those who ever listened to the Hockey Grass podcast, mm. uh, rest in peace, I mean there was times where Reese and I were talking about Kucherov might be uh, the better player over Stamkos at times back back in the yeah. way they. So, I mean, I have been big on Kucherov for quite some while. He definitely took it to like a next level yeah. this past year, though. And then uh, the highest defenseman that I've drafted uh, is Oscar Clefbaum. See, I have Dougie Hamilton fifth and Oscar Clefbaum sixth. Yeah, I might be a little bit lower on Hamilton just because of the fact that uh, his defensive impact has not been the highest. Right. Um, and as you mentioned earlier with uh, 
in part one with Ryan O'Reilly, like Clefbaum never takes penalties, which is probably mm-hmm. even more more impressive for a defenseman. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. It's interesting that uh, I actually have a goalie in here for the first time. Um, although I'm kind of screwing up my John order now. Gibson, but I but I do have John Gibson in my top fourteen ahead of who? Ahead of a couple players. Okay, well, where in your top fourteen? Uh, I have him at thirteen. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna list off players that I think should be ahead of John Gibson. Are you ready for this? Okay. Andre Palat. Yes, he's a ahead of mine. Obviously, Benny Trojak, as you just mentioned. Um, Mika Zabinajad. Yes. Ryan Agent Hopkins. Yes. Sean Couturier. Yes. I have Couturier actually eight. But that we just listed like 11 players to go along with the top tier. I went Kucherov, Goudreau, Trocek, Shifley, Clefbaum, Sad, uh, Palat, Couturier, Broden, RNH, Hamilton, Gibson. I'm not as. Wait, you have Jonas Brodeen ahead of Dougie Hamilton? Oops, I got, got those two backwards. Swap. What about Duncan Siemens? I do not have him there. <laughs> <laughs> Probably should have been on my list of uh, top names from this. Yeah, draft. swap ten and twelve there for me. Um, I shouldn't read out loud as I'm reading ahead at the same time. Yeah, a near miss, Adam Larson. I had Larson. Well, so I have a. I had Adam Larson versus Josh Manson as an internal debate for 14th on my list. Yeah, they're they're both very near misses for me. It's tough because obviously, like, you know, especially... I mean... Manson's one of those difficult ones. It's a ones very recent yeah. development. Like, if, if he had, like, two or three more years based on how he did the past year or two, like, I'd feel much more confident about it. Obviously, it's kind of tough. And, and the tricky thing with Manson is... He spent so much of his time playing with Hampus Lindholm, and we're going to talk about Hampus Lindholm at length in a second here, but it's a pretty good spot for him to be in as well. So mm-hmm. it's kind of tough to separate that. Um, I'm kind of surprised. I had, I had John Gibson as an honorable mention. Mm-hmm. I mean, honorable mention versus 13th is not yeah, a huge it's difference it's, well, <laughs> when we're dealing with top 14 lists. But, I mean, there's good players here, right? Like, uh, we yeah. haven't even mentioned, like, Ricard Raquel. Jonathan Hampudero. Yeah. Andrew um, Shaw. Yeah, but then, well, I mean, even you get into, like, uh, Victor Rask, Boone Jenner, like, very quality players who could take another step or two in their development in the years to come as well, so we might have to revisit this. Nathan Below. Nathan Beaulieu was not on my Mm -hmm. radar here, although I do like him more than the Montreal Canadiens apparently seem to, but... Mm. Um, Yeah, this was a... What about the second uh, most famous and second best? Alexiak? (laughs) How did you know where I was going? Yeah, I knew it. Yeah, I just wanted to use that joke. It was a good one. Yeah, Ryan Murphy also went 12. It's uh, you know, I don't think um, Carolina Hurricanes fans or people running the team are going to be, you know, lamenting spending such a high pick on a defenseman didn't wind up turning out because we're going to get into some other guys they have that are pretty good at that position they got later. But yeah, uh, they're set for defense for quite some while. Yeah, but uh, I'd kind of forgotten about the uh, the Ryan Murphy hype and the Ryan Murphy era. I was never in on the hype. Uh, I, well, he, fact, he, he pretty, I argued pretty, against him for being on Team Canada. He had pretty like productive offensive seasons, I feel yes. like, right? But uh, he he basically played as a forward. Hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, this is an interesting draft. There's 
it's it's pretty um you know we we at the up top we have the kucherov and goodrow and you could i guess lump maybe shifley into that as well but then it's not necessarily like huge brand name stars but they're just like a, a long list of really really good players are probably this is like this is a this is like the all underrated <laughs> draft i feel like i feel like a lot of these guys aren't aren't necessarily household names but are really really competent players i think kucherov is going to become a household name I think that's I think that's fair. I mean, man, I wonder if do you think like public perception has like caught up to the year he had? Because I feel like it kind of I think it too it started too. to, but yeah. it probably didn't fully. No, like, he was we're ninety percent of the way there. Insanely good. We're ninety percent of the way there. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on to. 2012. This is... We kind of talked about this draft off the air. I've really been... I mean, the reason why I wanted to do this project was to talk about the 2012 draft. So... Okay. You know, these, these the first, like, 80 or 90 minutes of, of talking we've had here was just all uh, just a, a prelude to this discussion. I mean, we, we kind of mentioned this with another draft... Or we mentioned already that this draft is kind of interesting because they went big on defensemen mm-hmm. in this draft. And they were right that this was a big defenseman draft. But other than, I don't know, two of them, three of them, they got the wrong guys. <laughs> they really did. Speaking of getting the wrong guys, Eric Carlson won in the fourth round of this draft. Just not, not, not the Eric Carlson. No, not the. I feel like, I feel like, the other. I feel like this Eric Carlson needs to like change that K in his first name to like a C or something. Just out of, out of respect. Like, you know how we have, we, we talked about Mikhail Jordan. Yeah. He's, he doesn't have the E in Michael. I feel like Eric Carlson needs, needs to do something here. He needs, he needs to stop riding the coattails of uh, <laughs> the auto Eric Carlson. So would he get best name? Uh, you know what? He was in consideration. Um, there are some good names on this, and, and I'm glad you brought it up. There's, uh, there's Christian Juice, which is a, you know, a good one. There's Victor Louvre. There is, uh, come on, Andre, Andreas Athanasiu. It's a good one. Yeah. Uh, we have Cristobal Boo, in quotes, Nieves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have uh, Gianluca Cucuruto, which I like to say. Cucuruto and Merrick Lang- Langhammer. Um, I got I, I to gotta give it to Christian Juice, who might actually play a role on this year's Washington Capitals. Maybe a bigger role than... The Capitals would like, but with all the all the names that have departed on the blue line, he might be relied upon quite a bit. Um, okay, let's get into the ranking of this draft. I'm going to go ahead and assume that you do not have Nail Yakupov and Ryan Murray as one two. No, actually, I do. No, well then, I don't. You've, you've done this. You've done this exercise horribly incorrectly. Um, I have Hampus Lindholm first overall. Wow. Gutsy, gutsy. If you like, gutsy. if you like that, wait till you hear my second overall. Is it Perico? Colton Perico. Learn the name. Learn the Perico. damn man's name and say Perico. it properly. Perry, I, I pronounce everything uh, phonetically. Colton Perico. Um, yeah, Lindholm and Perico one two, and then I have Philip Forsberg third. Wow, we're in disagreement. Lay it on me. We're on. What do you have? Uh, I have. You have Galchenyukai. I no. I have. Uh, Faller, uh, first overall. With Faller? No, no. One of the one of the oh. biggest followers. Oh, draft. Like, who the hell is Faller? No, Are you talking about Cam Faller? <laughs> one of the biggest followers of the draft uh, that ended up getting traded for peanuts. Philip Forsberg. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm third. I mean, it's not yeah. outrageous. And then I go Lynn home. And then I go Truba. <laughs> I was going to be like, oh, you're just so outraged by order. Then I have Truba. I have Truba fourth, and then Galchenyuk fifth. Uh, Preko. Then Slavin. Yeah, I have Slavin sixth. And then I have Galchenyuk. Okay. And then I think I, go, I think, I think there's I a go lot of, a little bit weird. I think I go a little bit weird, and I don't think I'm going to agree with too many people here. There's a lot of Leafs fans right now that are like, how have they not said Morgan Riley's name yet? Morgan Riley's 12th for me. I have Morgan Riley ninth. Again, I'm just not. I don't know. It, this draft, like the names we've mentioned so far, I love. Mm-hmm. I think this draft really falls off, but some of that has to do with the fact that we are talking about recent 2012. So, like, I have a handful of guys that I've highlighted that either have like pretty much none or very little NHL experience that I mm-hmm. think could become very good NHLers. Well, let's so, hear it. What, what do you got after Galchenyuk? Because that's when we kind of depart. Okay, so so this is this is my order. I have Lindholm, Pareko, Forsberg, then Truba, Galchenyuk, Slavin. Mm-hmm. Then I have like a tier of defensemen coming up here with like Gostas, Bear, Shea, Sever- Severson, and Riley. Okay. And then I get into like Tomas Hurdle, Tanner Pearson, Radic Faxa, like pick your poison. I don't know. I don't want to Terravine. honestly, if we if we'd done this like a year or two ago, I was all in on him. I, I loved him mm-hmm. as a player and I thought, you know, I still believe that uh like teams should utilize their cap space and financial flexibility the way the Hurricanes did in taking on Brian Bickle's contract to get themselves a player like Tuevo Terabinen mm-hmm. rather than just throwing away money on the Sam Gagne's of the world for no reason, like actually use that productively. But I've been, I've been, I have to admit, I've been a bit underwhelmed. I, to be honest, I was expecting more at this point of his career. I think his numbers were actually pretty exceptional uh, last, last season. Hmm. Another guy that I think, um, who's kind of interesting in hindsight, because I remember a line mate of, um, of Mark Shifley, because Mark Shifley was drafted the year before. Yep. And his line mates were one player who is, or two players who are a year older than him. Um, one of them who was already drafted by um, the Atlanta Thrashers, so he's a Winnipeg Jet guy as well, uh, who now plays over in the KHL. Uh, but the third guy was uh, Tanner Pearson. Mm. And I said, you know, Tanner Pearson's a good player, but I wouldn't draft him in the first round. But now I would. But I think that's I think that's okay because I agree with you, and I I mm. I generally thought he was sort of an underwhelming talent. Even when he, I feel like when he came out of the gate with the Kings, he scored a lot of goals, but a lot of mm. it seemed to be a bit, ironically enough, a shooting percentage mirage considering the team he was playing for. Yeah. But I think Tanner Pearson just got better at hockey. Yeah. And it's okay for us to recalibrate our expectations if there's like an actual change in underlying performance, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes that happens. Sometimes it doesn't, but I think Tanner Pearson just got better, and I'm much more willing to believe that he's a legitimate like top six goal scorer now than I might have in the past. Also a guy that I had as a near miss, um, the best defenseman on the Buffalo Sabres, Jake McCabe. Mm. This was another one of those drafts where, uh, yeah, we, yeah, we mentioned earlier, there's a lot of good defensemen, a lot of uh, them went in the wrong order. I mean, man. What about Brady? Brady who? Brady Shea? 
Mm-hmm. I like Brady Shea. I, I listed him on that tier with like the Costas oh, yeah. Bear and Riley, missed, sort of like the more offensive defenseman. Yeah. Um, but man, like Cody Cece, Slater Cuckoo, Derek Pouliot. I mean, I guess Matthew Dumba has been better and we buy into him more. But like even like Olimata, I mean, yikes. Yeah. What? Okay. What happened to Mata? Yeah, his, I was going to say his rookie season was actually recalibrating expectations. Like, I, I still see people, and a lot of them are, I guess, and actually, no, Penguins fans were pretty critical of him in the, during the playoff run. But I think people still like sometimes hear that name and might just like attach that what we thought about him a few years ago to what he is now. But man, I just don't. He, he's, he, I think he's. It's like he's had injuries. Another guy like and health concerns that we kind of mentioned earlier, um, Ryan Murray. Murray. Definitely not. Oh wait, no, he's the next draft. No, Ryan Murray won second oh, yeah, overall in this yeah, draft. Yeah, he went second overall in this draft. He uh, he was better than he's been lately. Like well, I, he looks I like never, he's gonna be an NHL I player. never would have put him where he went. Yeah, even during those years that he was better. Yeah. But he's just like Oli Matt, he kind of fell. Yeah. As I play with my beard. Sorry. Yeah. Um, okay, here's a question for you. Okay, shoot. I'll try to answer. What are... Do you think there's a chance that this is the year where Hampus Lindholm gets Norris Trophy love? Or do you think it's just one of those cases where just, especially because of the way he's used and maybe just what his game lends to, like he just won't put up the counting stats to actually get that type of national love? I I don't think that he was ever, I don't know. I wouldn't have put him on my ballot for the first three last year. I would put no. him out just outside. So no. yeah. will he But I mean, he is 23 years old if he does yeah. even get I, even better. I've... You know, it's a tough call. And I mean, the same with, I'm going to say like the exact same argument with Truba. Like both of them, I think, are not quite at that. And here I am going against war because according to war, Jacob Truba is up there with um, with some of the top guys, like even above Hamfis. Uh But I don't think they're quite there yet. Whether they will be next year or whether you're talking about the year after that, that's the question. Man, I love me some Hampus Lindholm. So good at hockey. Um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, as we mentioned, a lot of good defensemen in this draft. It's out of my top 14, like when eight or nine of them are defensemen. Um, the forward, the forward talent, other than Forsberg and Galchen, like who's your next forward? I just deleted. Hold on one second. Like there's, it's, it goes for, it goes Forsberg, Galchenyuk. And then, and then, and then it, Pearson, I guess. And then it just goes like a... Like yeah. Pearson, Hurdle... Yeah, it Fox just up. becomes a, a slew of people who I'm not really certain of. Uh, Terabine, 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 yeah. um Even Faxa. Who was a, was a guy... Faxa, a guy that I was very high on that draft. Mm. And then I thought he was proving me wrong. And then all of a sudden he seems to be proving me right again. <laughs> oh, I love Radic Faxa. I'm all in on the, uh, on the Radic Faxa experience. Um... Yeah, and then I so I have a list of honorable mentions here, and this is where now we're really starting to get into like the unproven guys. But I mean, you have this list of you know Connor Brown, 
Charles Houdon, Brennan Leipzig, Pontus Aberg, and then you get into defensemen like Matt Benning, S.L. Lindell, Michael Matheson, Ben Hutton, Connor Carrick. And you have all these guys who, like, their NHL sample is so limited that yeah. it's unfair to, like, make any any type of uh, conclusions on what they're going to be. But to varying degrees, they've shown whether mm-hmm. in small samples and then NHL level or and in also the NHL levels. Because, I mean, uh, to those guys that you mentioned. Well, Charles Char- Sudan, yeah, Char- the Charles NHL level. Like. Charles Sudan and uh, Brennan Leipzig yeah. are both uh, elite war players who are young yep. i mean if you're an elite war player in the hl while being young that's a good sign of the future and then you see like on to say up on to Saberg, who yeah you know maybe if he was on a, in a different organization we might not have like that type of bias but like if you see the success someone like a victor arvidsson has all of a sudden and then you see that yeah. and that brief flurry in the playoffs like that just the speed and some of the finishing ability, and you're like, I can envision a scenario where Pontus Aberg in a few years is highly regarded and very productive, and he has been at the HL level. So, um, I think that's I think that's good for 2012. I mean, man, the top of the draft is. Uh, I mean, I remember at the time people were like uncertain about it, but it really, for a lot of those guys, it it went about as badly as it probably could have. Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't even mention Griffin Reinhardt fourth overall, which is nope. Las Vegas' own Griffin Reinhardt. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, tough. All right, 2013. So this is the draft. This, dra- this draft. Up top, I remember at the time, it was like considered to be one of, the, one of the best ever. And you know what? It was a solid draft in terms of depth for some teams. Like just speaking of, for example, uh, the Winnipeg Jets, they look like they're going to have an NHL player with Josh, Josh Morrissey. Um, Nick Patan, Andrew Kopp, uh, Tucker Pullman. So, like, it's definitely like a. a you just made you, you just made up that last guy. Tucker don't, Pullman. Yeah, don't try, don't try to squeeze him. He'll be an NHLer next year, hmm. next season. Hmm. Speaking of speaking, one of, the, one of the best names for the draft. Well, I was gonna say this is it. You know, if the, if the talent has maybe disappointed, the names have delivered. I'm gonna lay some on you here, Miles Liberati. Great name. Joel Verman, Wilhelm Westland, Fabrice Herzog, Christers Gudlevskis, Christopher Clapperton, pretty good hockey team. Maybe my personal favorite. Clapperton is a prime, yeah, especially because you know the clap, yeah, and and, and and not the clap, <laughs> just the, I just the clap. Slide that in. Um, <laughs> Miles Wood. <laughs> Miles and miles of it. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave Miles Wood there. He actually looks like he could be one of the uh, one of the Franco brothers. Uh, a lot of speed. Very very good player. Um, so where are you going to the top of the draft? You know what? I really fought for the first overall for this one. Well, remember at the time everyone was like, I feel like there was like very angry arguments and discussions going on about like Seth Jones versus yeah McKinnon versus Drouin. I mean. And you know where, 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 I, which way do you which way I, do you slide for might, years? I might have a guy higher than you, um, although I don't have him first overall. But I actually went with the Florida Panthers first overall. So you have Sasha Barkov first. Yep. I mean, he definitely has like uh, the most complete game of these guys. I feel like. Um, I mean, we're definitely starting to dip into projection zones yeah, now. Yeah. Like, how well will McKinnon kind of bounce back if? You know, like a lot of the discussion we've had with a lot of the Colorado players, 
They have a lot of good young talent that, you know, has kind of underperformed recently. Mm-hmm. And you wonder how much of that is um, nature versus nurture, how much of it will be repairable. Uh, but yeah, I, I put McKinnon second. I did not put. I put McKinnon first, just, I guess, just raw upside. I don't know. Personal preference. I mean, listen, he's uh, he's still 21 years old. So I don't want to, uh, you know, close the book on him or like write him off or or, or just say this is the player he's going to be. But like you, you, you'd say that it's it's fair to suggest that like as hockey fans we should be disappointed with what we've seen from Nathan McKinnon so far, right? Am I disappointed? I mean, if I'm looking at purely project, just like, like raw skills, he's like. He's right up there with, and I mean, McDavid. look how well he's played in international tournaments yeah. when he's been away surrounded from, by good players. But I mean, everyone looks good with good players, but he definitely like seems to fit in with them. Hmm. Uh, but then again, I've international tournaments. I've been, also been impressed with Barkov and how he's performed. But his, okay, it's not ideal that Nathan McKinnon's most productive season came as like an eighteen-year-old rookie. No, <laughs> like I, it, it's. But I mean, for us happens. to hope that he's going to improve. I mean, look at the guy who was drafted first overall in this draft pick. Or in That's this, Nathan McKinnon. Or, or not, <laughs> Excuse my language. Uh, the next draft is what I meant to say. Yeah. But, I mean, look, like, is there, and when you look at McKinnon's uh, profile, like we talked about this with Jake, Jacob Silverberg. Mm-hmm. Like, look at McKinnon's, I feel like people aren't talking about this. Shooting percentages by year. I want to listen for you. 10 in his rookie season. 7.2, 8.6, and 6.4 last year. But what's his true talent? Is his true talent closer to 10 or is his true talent? Well, there's no way his true talent is 6%. No. He's not freaking Jared Bowl. I don't even know. Jared Bowl probably has a higher shooting percentage. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't remember. Like, is it, is it, it, is, is asking for something around 10% outrageous? No, but now there's 8%, which is still significantly different than 10%. Yeah, but even even 8% at this point would at least be getting yes. over, over the 20 goal mark. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do wonder, like... I don't know. Maybe I'm just too big on big into Barkov. No, well, we're having a discussion about Nathan McKinnon yeah. right now. Like it's, I, I did have him second overall, so it's not like I'm totally against McKinnon. Who I have third might surprise. Is that Jones? Nope. I don't know who it is then. Keep guessing. I mean, there's no other name that would possibly be the right answer there. So I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's Alex Winterberg. He had an awesome season. He did. He also had an awesome previous season that was, you know, not... Right, really. it was at a different yeah level of awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a. I mean, he's a. He's looking like he's going to be a, like an, an elite playmaker for sure. Um, I mean, him on the power play is just magnificent. Yeah, no, he was. He was definitely. A, you know, people were looking for reasons for why that Columbus power play was so good at the start of the year, and he was a massive driving force for that. Um, so, if you have him third, who do you have fourth? Jones. Yeah, well, I, I have Jones third. 
So, so where where are you at on Jonathan Drouin? I'm not as high on Jonathan Drouin as some people, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> let me guess. Um, the actual cumulative package uh, at five on five hasn't actually matched up with like if you just see highlight reels of him. Yeah, he's definitely a player who's his, and I mean, it's been more than one season. And it's been on good teams. And yes, sometimes you know there's a little bit of a usage adjustment that needs to be done. But I see a lot of flashes, but I haven't seen consistency yet to um, put him in the same conversation with the guys that were we previously discussed. And while I think that he has the definite chance of you know being that guy that you know that everyone viewed him to be hmm. in his draft year, but. Well, I mean, we mentioned... As time goes by, the door becomes smaller and smaller. The door is still open for him. For sure. And, you know, you mentioned him being on a good team and this being a couple years now. Like, we do have to address the fact that the Lightning were really screwing around with his development. and To a degree, yeah. To a full degree. But he's he still played with some great players. Mm, not as much as you'd think he, he should have if... I mean... For example, this war has never been that impressive, and war just for your line mates. No, I I agree. I definitely think that. Um, and if I was going purely by war, he'd be much lower. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're. It, it's fair that you need to, considering the age and the sample, you do need to adjust account for just pure raw talent and the possibility that mm-hmm. he would improve as a player. Like right, like you mentioned, yeah. like Tanner Pearson, like. If Jonathan Drouin's underlying performance improves in his two-way play and 5-on-5, like he has the talent to make us look silly if we're bumping him way down this list just because of how he's performed so far. Mm -hmm. So, okay, let's go through some of these other names. Where are you you at? Uh, So let's see. I I said Barkov, McKinnon, Wenberg, Jones, Drouin. Then I go Lindholm and Monaghan. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean... Which is very interesting because, like, these are all for early first guy. I mean, yeah. I, I jumped up Wenberg. No, this draft got the order of the top pretty pretty right. They're a lot better. Yeah. Especially, well, like, when we're dealing, like, 2011, where the first three guys are not even in the first round. 2006, uh, Riku Hellenius going yeah. 11th overall. Yeah. No, it's definitely, uh, it's, it's becoming more refined. Um, and part of that might be... That they're becoming more refined, but part of it might also be the fact that um, earlier picks are going to get more um, NHL time. So, you know, those guys that are going to be those surprise guys might not have gotten that chance yet. Yeah, three years from now, this list could look different for yeah. sure. Um, are you worried about, like, obviously Monaghan has been very productive so far. Mm-hmm. Decent war player. How much of that do you think is act- is it actual him as a true talent difference maker and how much of it is the fact that he's gets to play on a pretty good spot. I mean, cause we've never really seen him play away from Johnny Goodrow for a sustained period of time. And for the most part, war is pretty good at adjusting for usage. However, when you have these extremes where guys have almost never been yeah. separate, um, you definitely have. And when, especially when, the other guy might be an elite talent. Um, you have a bit of a draining problem uh, where um, the next best guy might 
pull a lot of that value. Right. Um, but one of the things that I have to point out is, you know, um, you know, he's still, he's still provided decent results. He's still, well, I mean, last year he was a over two win player and that's, that's significant. Um, well, you know, maybe, maybe two or three goals of that, uh, value has been drained from Gaudreau, but that still would put him in the top 10 for that draft. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at him, like we're, it's four years now where he's been Consistently. Above, above average, above average, consistent finisher mm-hmm. as a shooter. Right. And it's like, it's probably something to that at this point. Um, yeah, I, I before they gave him that massive contract, I made this point before, but I would have loved to see if he could actually carry his own line with two subpar players. And I guess at some point in time, the Flames might experiment with that, but we just haven't really seen it yet. But I guess don't fix what's not broken, and him and Goodrow are pretty clearly very productive together. So yeah. Um, if the top of this draft was done correctly, then the back half of this lottery is kind of a bit. Yeah. All over the place. I mean, it's a little bit messy. Obviously, whenever you have Sam Moran going eleventh, and he's like not, he's not even like on him Twitter. Sam Moran isn't even like a top eleven Philadelphia Flyers defense prospect. He's not. <laughs> he he's a he's a blow replacement war player in the AHL. Well, he just he's like a player from a different era. It's like if you find like a if you find like dinosaur fossils. Yeah, I. I it just I, seems out of place in today's world. Corey, Corey Schneider put it well where he's like, there was a time where, you know, the lowest hanging fruit, the guys that we had to get rid of were these uh, Coke machines that just stood in front of the net. And that's all they could do was clear the net. Now those guys have kind of disappeared, but there's a new version of those guys, which is basically a Coke machine who can actually skate. Hmm. And I kind of find, I mean, Sam Moran had some decent shot volume numbers in both junior and okay in the AHL, but um, I just don't see it there as overall play. I mean, his his defensive game is okay um, at the AHL. And I mean, at 21, that means that maybe he can become that a depth guy, you know, third pairing defenseman. If he wasn't in a team that was as stacked with defensive prospects as the Florida Panthers, or the Florida Panthers, the Philadelphia Flyers are, um, but I, that's that's a maybe. That's a that's almost a best case scenario now. Yeah. Um, and looking at some of these other names, like you know, we mentioned about how um, like nature versus nurture, and sort of the the your landing spot as a prospect, and maybe how that'll affect. Uh, affect how long it takes you to become the player you're actually going to be or, you know, getting opportunities early in your career. Like if we're doing this a couple of years from now um, and we, we redo this exercise, I feel like uh, Andre Burakovsky might be very, very high on this list. I had him 11th. Yeah. But I, I like, I think, I, I think, I think, I think he, that, has a, he has a shot to like jump up five spots. There. Like, I don't I don't know. I don't want to be a hot take artist and I don't know if this is an outlandish opinion, but I would believe if you told me that years from now we're going to look back and say Andre Burakovsky is a better player than Sean Monaghan or Elias Lindholm or Jonathan Drouin, right? So, like, you have him 11th, which is high. I have him 13th, but I think he could be, like, top five 
I was like I said, he could definitely jump up easily five. But spots he plays for the list. Capitals, and it took him a while, and he still hasn't gotten that opportunity. Like if you put if you let if you let I, Andre Burkowski play with Nicholas Backstrom full time, the way Sean Monahan plays with Johnny Goodrow, I think his. Could I be think Burkowski is also a player who I think the Washington Capitals might regret giving a bridge contract. I think you can remove the word "might" out of that. Uh, two Sounds. two interesting players yeah. that I have somewhere in there. Like in the mix mm. is Bo Horvat and Max Domi, guys that I thought of higher in the draft than I do now, but still think of as quality NHL players. Yeah, I actually thought that. Uh, like I remember at the time, I was like Bo Horvat at nine. What the hell? Because mm-hmm. he sort of profiled as like a defensive center. Yeah, and then he got way better at skating. But now the Canucks are in such a mess, and you know they were like asking him to do all this heavy lifting on the penalty kill and stuff, and I just don't think he was ready for it yet, and maybe he never will, but. Like I, if anything, my opinion, like I, I, I feel much better about the Bull Horvat pick now than I did at the time. It, but obviously, the circumstances are kind of rough. It's funny because it's just his statistical profile is the exact opposite of what most people's draft profile was. Yeah, his even strength defensive impact yeah. relative to usage is terrible. Yeah, and he's it's like a hard, he's like an offensive highlight machine. Like he like has these sequences where he just dangles the entire yeah. team and scores a goal, and you're like, what? His offense is quality. Um, another guy that I have in the mix, and people are going to be like. But he's played with great players, and you're getting uh, biased with the uh, NHL selection. Uh, Jake Gunsel, yeah, who had the highest, the highest, not second, not third, not fourth, not fifth, the highest HL war last year. So it's not that he just went into a good position and you know he played with elite players because there's no sit. He's not playing with Sidney Crosby in the AHL. What would it, what's the, what's the AHL's version of Sidney Crosby? TJ Brennan? <laughs> maybe, maybe. He's not playing with TJ Brennan. But TJ Brennan's playing for uh, Lee Valley, so... Yeah. I mean, we should say, like, listen, uh, 65 NHL games so far, so I obviously would like to see more, but as, but he does have that track record, track record. I mean, even if you go back to college hockey, he was an awesome mm-hmm. con- offensive contributor as well, and, right? And so, another guy with small, small NHL... Um, Actually, two guys that I have in the mix as honorable mentions as uh, Van Andrejito. Man, you are really bad at names. Yeah, I'm terrible. That's what happens when you're just now watching games and you're just reading yeah. spreadsheets. Sven Andrejito. I, I, I watch games. Andrejito? I watch games on mute because I track things. Yeah, it's Sven Andrejito. Although... And Oliver you- Bjorkstrand. Two guys also who, you know, played well in the NHL but need a larger sample size, although their track record in lower levels has been great. Seems so surprised you you listed Sven Andrighetto there because he's a guy that the Canadians just gave up on will, willingly. I mean, like, what did they trade him for, like Andreas Martinson or something in the mm-hmm. deadline? And I think that's totally fine. And that, that's, but the reason why I bring it up is because I thought you were going to mention a different guy related to the Habs, and that's Arturi Lekkonen. Yes, he was also... Who I guess you don't have, like, the AHL data for, but... No. He looks like a, you know, shot-generating, goal-scoring machine, and we'll mm-hmm. see. With more opportunity, whether that can translate. I mean, there's obviously a lot of guys that, like, Anthony Manta, we haven't mentioned yet. Yeah, he's great junior, although a little bit of older player. Yep. Um, AHL, weird, because, like, in my personal opinion, I haven't had much concerns of his AHL games. Um, although my sample size of watching him in the AHL is smaller, but I've heard negative things 
being quoted of him in his AHL play. Right. I think it's like one defensive of those, stuff, right? Yeah. I think one of those things, though, is the fact that he's a big, tall guy who skates weird. So effort. The Ryan Johansson thing. So. Yeah. The, the effort thing always comes up with players like that. Um, then I'm, Carolina's got uh, another underrated. Brett Pesci. I was about to say another underrated defenseman. Yeah. Once again, Carolina and their defenseman. I mean, I think, I think Mantha, what, he had 17 goals and 36 points in 60 NHL games last year. Like that's, mm-hmm. I think so, I'm not really worried. Like obviously he was like getting benched and stuff and there's some weird stuff going on there, but I think the talent is there. Um, here's a guy sample is very small, but if you're talking about like just ceiling, how come none of us have mentioned uh, Rasmus for Stilainen? <laughs> Honestly, I, I can't have this debate. <laughs> we, we've had it in the past. It's, it's let's leave it be. Um, I am buying every single share of Pavel Butchnevich stock and just hoping that Alain Vigneault is not the coach for the rest of his career. <laughs> just like in terms of pure uh, ability... I think uh, he's really capable of everything with the puck. It's just a matter of uh, playing for a coach that's going to live with any possible defensive miscues or missed assignments that he might have on the, on occasion. So hopefully that happens. I mean, are there any other guys? Like We haven't mentioned Shea Theodore. What do you think about Shea Theodore? I he's know he's an, a guy with really good AHL numbers, right? He's an interesting guy. He's got good AHL numbers. His NHL has been very underwhelming, but mm. I mean, look at the he's team. Get a lot of opportunity are. now. Um, yeah, so he's he's a guy that's a question mark for me. at At the draft, um, I had him as my third favorite defenseman, um, or no, I think a fourth. I think I had Ryan Pulak, who also has great AHL numbers, hmm. um, uh, just beforehand. But uh, speaking of great AHL. F- um, numbers, uh, Josh Hosang, who we'll be talking about, maybe, maybe not in the next. Yeah, uh, in the next draft, right? In the next draft, yeah. Ninety-eight uh, percent carry percentage for carry hands. Yeah, he's a he's a good player. He 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 don't dump the puck at all. <laughs> he's the best sixty-six I watched in a long time. <laughs> um, oh, another another name from. Uh, from before we get get away from 2013, uh, Will Butcher, ah, who's going to get a lot of buzz, obviously now as a as a college for all free we agent. Know, maybe he m- might be signed by the time you publish this. It's true. It's true. He might. Uh, I guess wait wait and see on him. But anyways, let's move on to 2014. 2014, a very interesting draft. I feel like we've said that about every single draft before. Of course, it's, it's going to be draft. interesting. There's a lot of like new players to discuss. Yeah, but. Um... Uh, acting like it's a unique trade every time. Ooh, it's an interesting game. Don't Don't draft Jake for Tannen. Draft Nikolai Ehlers or William Nylander. Uh, Reese Jessop, you turned out to be right on that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, the Jake for Tannen. That's, uh, that's a tough one. Um, although I still think Jake for Tannen has a good chance of being a decent depth NHLer. Yes. Uh, middle, maybe potentially even a middle six guy. The jokes will always be there about the guys that went. Yeah. Which is funny because the pick before him isn't looking that much better. No. <laughs> but again, both those guys have been actually... I mean, Jake Jake Furtanen and uh, Michael Delacole haven't been really lighting it up in the AHL, but their yeah. overall numbers in the AHL have been quality. Right. I mean, but it, it might just be uh, living in Vancouver, so you obviously like you hear more of it locally, but 
I feel like generally in the hockey community, like Jake Vertanen is the punchline of, of a lot of Willie yeah. Nylander, Nikolai Ehlers jokes, whereas I feel like Michael Dalko kind of conveniently sometimes gets left out of that. Well, I think part of the fact is that you're friends with me and Reese Jessup. No, I feel, I feel, I feel like general, general hockey fans may, yeah. make that point a lot too, but, um, Okay, so let's let's go through the order of the top the top like five. Let's say, what do you what, what do you have? Because I feel like it's going to look a lot different than what it actually was. It, it is. Um, I don't have one the same. I don't have two the same. Leon Draisaitl is the only guy from the top five that I have in the top five. I, I also agree. I have Leon Draisaitl number one, which is funny because I was high on Leon Draisaitl. Um, I remember being higher on him than Reese Jessup was, yet. I didn't think that he would be what he's become. No. He did not skate very well at all. Yeah. But he definitely was able to improve that by a greater... De- I expected improvement, but not to the degree. Um, I mean, it was always interesting watching him because of the fact that uh, he played on a team that would, the second high school score... Like, he's a playmaker, and he was the high school scorer on his team. And the second high school scorer on his team was a defenseman. So he's a playmaker who went through junior without an actual goal score to set up. Right. Which I think maybe made people not expect as much from him, which is kind of surprising to say about the guy who went third overall. But um, I think that probably maybe limited what people expected of him. And well, we should say he's spent pretty much all of his NHL time playing with either Taylor Hall or Connor McDavid. Yes. Which And, that's, <laughs> and I spoke of the leaking yes. yeah. uh, impact because Leon Dreisaitl, I'm pretty sure, was in the top four in war last year right? or something like that. And I don't think that he's actually the top four player in the NHL. I think he's stolen some of Connor McDavid's For value sure. because, I mean, that's just the way models work. Models aren't really expecting to look at the elites, um, the tail ends, because... One, because that's just the way that models are made. They're made to expect some regression to the mean. The model can't believe that Connor McDavid exists. And there's no way a play- person's this good at hockey. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> but also, like, it, it intentionally moves things towards the mean because of the fact more often than not, extreme values are going to be people who are lucky, not people who are talented. And then on top of it, um, because, just because of the fact that Everybody knows the best of the best and the worst of the worst. It's the middle that are the guys that you want to really suss out, and that's what models are useful for. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Leon Dressel have number one. Who do you have number two? I have Nick Healers. I do not, as a Winnipeg Jet fan. I feel like I've been, I've been higher on all the Jets than you have so far. I, maybe. Other than Truba. Other than Truba, yeah. But I was higher on Shifley than you were. I was also higher on... I'm higher on Jeremy Moran than you were. Yeah, those those are all players... Former Thrasher's great. Yeah. Uh, Sweet. So you do you have Willie Nylander second? Sorry. Do you have Willie Nylander second? Um, I have a guy that uh, might be getting traded. Second. Who? Oh, David Pasternak. Yep. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I'd, I'd uh, yeah, I've Pasternak. Um, I'm fourth, but. I do have Ehlers third, so it's not like you and I are at a huge disagreement. Right. Yeah. You know, Ehlers is uh Ehlers is great. I mean I don't I don't know even know where to take this discussion. So you have Pasternak second. You're not worried at all about uh just more, the fact more that he leakage pl- effect for the fact that he plays a Bergeron and Marchand. Yeah. This possibility. Yeah. Even then that still puts him pretty high. I mean Nikolai Ehlers um is a 
I think he has a little bit of the same thing as the Duran does mm. um, in terms of his play style and the watching value right. has gone um, past what his actual performance is. Mm. I mean, and Nikolai Ehlers has been, he's a legitimate top six performer. Right. Um, however, most of it has been from penalty drawing, not penalty, like not resisting penalties, but penalty drawing. And I, just from watching him, I mean, he does have a bit of a reputation as a, a diver, and I wonder how long that will he'll be able to continue getting that value. And well, so, I think I think some of it is legit, though. I mean, you yeah. watch like just in terms of how elusive he is and how like yeah, quick he is from stopping and starting, right? Yeah. Like, there's two types of speeds. There's like go go go, and then there's well, there's like, like the straight line, yeah. like kind of like Andreas Athanasiu or or Michael Grabner, just like mm-hmm. a sprint, and then there's like the Connor McDavid, Nikolai Ehler is like just zigging and zagging in the offensive zone as. Um, as Corey Promen, uh just before the draft said, uh, Nikolai Ehlers is basically, and they put a uh, gif of uh, the Red Runner. Yeah, he's uh, he's uh, he's a hell of a player. Um, okay, so where, where where are we going after this then? Then I go Nylander. Yep. And then I go all the way to the fourth round. Victor. Victor Arvidsson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 amazing seeing his name amongst all these other guys just based on age but yeah it's crazy that he was passed up in the draft a few times Mm -hmm. yeah that's fair i mean the uh the year he just put together and obviously it's not like it came out of nowhere because he was like he was one of my personal and a lot of other personal favorite breakouts because of what he'd done in his limited usage and opportunity in the past and then finally they give him the opportunity playing with great players and he makes the most of it and like i can definitely see because of the fact that he is older and when we're dealing with projections right that a lot of the guys who are coming up just after have definitely the chance to catch up and pass him um i mean if i was going just from pure performance last season uh victor would probably be second or third overall um so i already have dropped him some spots just because of that right um but uh, whether or not I dropped him enough is the question. That's fair. Yeah. Um, okay, so what do you have after that then? Um, next one, I, I I became really, really um, all over the place here. Well, um, it, it really gets into like a bit of a projection game, right? Yeah. I mean, there's Aaron Eckblad, who's always been a guy who I've been up and down and up and down with. In his actual draft, um, Reese and I were both like, if Eckblad becomes what Eckblad is supposed to become, he'll be the best person in the draft. Um, but he has not actually become that yet. Mm. Um, he's still been a quality player. I still put him as the best defenseman in the draft. Um, but uh, there's some questions around him. There's Sam Reinhart, uh, who was drafted second overall, who um, has played on a interesting team. Uh, That's one way to describe the Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> yeah. Uh, both the Sabres and the Colorado Avalanche, like whenever you have players on them, it makes it a little bit di- more difficult to project just because fact that it's been a bit of a tire fire right in those organizations although i think both of them are getting better um whether or not they'll get out of the the holes the real question uh dylan larkin who's had a an exceptional rookie season but right. kind of dropped a bit last year um i mean there's nick ritchie who i thought was overvalued but now all of a sudden maybe i undervalued him yeah because he he profiled as you know there was a lot of reason for the pushback because he's like just this big dude from Ontario. So you can see why yeah. people might overvalue a player who profiles like that, mm-hmm. but he's actually exceeded my expectations so far in terms of his actual on ice 
contributions. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe if he's if he's if he's playing if he's playing with Getzlaff moving forward, I'm sure he'll be very productive. And I love me some Robbie Fabry. Robbie Fabry is an awesome player. Um, I hope he recovers from the injury he just had. And speaking of that, I think my personal favorite of the names we haven't mentioned yet, Kevin Fiala. He is a good one. Speed to burn. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kasper, Kasperi Kapanen as well, in a sim- along a similar vein. Yeah, uh, I have three guys who here who are all either in the top 14 or just outside, um, who all uh, haven't had much of an NHL sample, but yep. Travis Sinam, Sanam, yep. uh, Kasperi Kapanen, and Josh Hosang, all three of them have been exceptional performers in the HL. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean just for their age group, period um surprised you didn't include brandon montour on that group i don't have numbers on him in terms of because his ahl shot generation i believe was obscene for a defenseman yeah um most of my ahl numbers are coming from uh so as i I, as i spoke um my company has an ahl war but um my actual numbers are coming from our development of the war because the fact that the ahl is different than the nhl so we have to make some you know, shot quality adjustments are different. You, player usage adjustments are different. So uh, it's basically more of a beta version than the actual full war version. So there's a lot of players that I'm missing. Um, well, well okay, let's highlight a few players. Because at this point of the list, we're sort of more um, looking ahead to guys who we believe could join this group of guys. Mm. I mean, like... Who are some names that stick out to you as over the next couple of seasons we could look back and be like, those guys wound up being very valuable contributors? Brain point. Yep. Well, he's actually had uh, <laughs> yeah. some he's, NHL he's experience. Real impact, yeah. um, I mean, I was thinking like, even like a, a Jakob Rana. Rana. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Capitals yeah. could use that type of depth. Um, I, I like Vlad Kamenev a lot. And I'm sensing a trend here. I think the I think these natural predators are going to be pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of guys on this list from the from the natural predators. Um, yeah, there's there's a few others. I mean, this is a pretty good draft. I remember at the time people thought of it very highly, and obviously there were a few misses as we alluded to early on. But uh, I think there's going to be like a, a long a laundry list of guys who wind up being very good NHLers from here. A random factoid I just want to bring up that's completely that's what that's literally what this podcast is. Just oh wait, no, that's next draft. That's next draft, not this one. Oh, that's a tease I'm, right I'm there. Just got a, a little switch up. Uh, one final guy I really like Andre Kasha. Had good AHL numbers. Always impressed me while playing for the Ducks last year. So we'll see if he can uh, if he can take that next step. Um, let's get to that draft now. Okay, 2015. This is the, the we've reached the final countdown, final stage. Yes. Um, Noah Hannafin, number one. Just kidding. <laughs> yikes. Uh, Connor McDavid. No questions asked. Jack Eichel. Good, 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 good thing. Um, uh, I heard one media guy once say the things Eichel does and McDavid does are both exceptional, but there are things that Eichel does and McDavid can't do. I heard a media guy once say that. Today he was getting made fun of a lot for uh, a certain hot dog reference. And that media mem- media member shall go unnamed. Unnamed. Um, yeah, it's it's. There's not, nothing to overthink here. It's McDavid. I go one two, right? Yeah. 
So, okay, I'm curious. Looking back at it now, we've done 2006 to 2015. McDavid is the best player we've talked about so far. Yes. Who's number two? Oh, shoot. So I'm going to go here. I'll go back and I'll tell you all the names that are in consideration. Jonathan Taves, Nicholas Backstrom from 2006. Patrick Kane, Jamie Benn from 2007. And if you're a loose cannon like yourself, maybe Ryan McDonough. Uh, Eric Carlson, Drew Doughty, Steven Stamkos. Tavares, Hedman. Tarasenko, Sig, and Kuznetsov, Hall. Kucherov, Goodrow. And then, like, the Forsberg, Lindholm group. And then I don't think any of the other guys. I don't think I don't think we're going to include Barkov in this discussion. Um, who do you think second on that? That is a tough it's so weird. Like comparing like I Jonathan Taves to Connor McDavid. Yeah, it is. I mean, or I guess that is Jonathan Taves to Jack Eichel. I mean, Taves, Hedman. Like that's uh, yeah. There is Car- Eric Carlson. Hmm. I would say it's probably a fight between. Sorry, that was my chair. Yeah, that's a that's a tough question. I, I don't Maybe know. think about it. We'll, yeah, we'll I, don't, get back I don't know if I have an answer for that question. So I'll ask you a question. You can answer more readily now. Who's third from this draft? From this draft? Yeah. Poor Dylan Strom. Like he hasn't done anything wrong himself yet. He's just been on a slower developmental track, and he very well could wind and up he being an awesome player. Destroyed the OHL. Yeah, but, but it's like one of those things where it's like. I think he what it had seventy five points in thirty five games in the OHL like that's well he was obviously too too good for that league ridiculous yeah. I'm very curious to see how he does this year with the Coyotes um, I mean he's got good size he's a good defensive player but Mitch Mitch Marner Mitch Marner I had higher in the draft yeah and I received an email um, from Mitch Marner's dad when I was higher on him pre draft mm. uh, being like oh. What, what like he didn't say that is he was Mitch Marner's dad. He's just like But his last name was Marner? Uh his last name was Marner, but I didn't even read that. Hmm. I just like replied. He was like, Oh, I was just wondering if you have some numbers on why you like him more than Strom. And so I sent some numbers and then uh, and then I asked, Oh, just curious, like are you a fan or something like that? And he's <laughs> oh, like, I guess you could say that. <laughs> and I was like, Oh I have a personal I, I have a personal attachment to the situation. Yeah, I probably should have looked at the full name. Probably. So you do you have Mitch Marner a third? Yes, I do. All right, now this is where it gets fun. Uh, no questions Provorov, asked. Provorov, where's Wierenski? No questions asked. It's It's been the same since the draft, and it continues to be the same now. So Wierenski. You continue to want to be incorrect on this situation. No, Wierenski. Put it this way. When we designed the PCS model, uh, Wierenski was the best PCS player in the draft if you pretended that he was a year older than he was because you had to do that. Because there was no one like him ever in the NCAA at his age, ever. And then he was the best player this year in terms of war uh, for the defenseman of this draft. Like, no questions asked. Yeah, I think that's fair. I would love to see. And we've talked, we've accounted for like teammates and line mate usage. I would love to see Ivan Provorov play with. Away from insert not McDonald's. not named McDonald's. Andrew McDonald. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. It, it obviously like listen. Both guys are great, and I understand where you're where you come from with Wrensky. Yeah. I think it's one of those like bias, biases. Where I, I, I love watching Provorov. He's like 
he's the definition of what I think uh, a great defenseman in 2017 should look and play like. So yeah. I just love how like everything seems to slow down with him in the ice, and they're both better. He than makes half, everything. Right? Yeah, which isn't even like necessarily an like and I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna be curious terrible. to see if like if you were if you were running the Hurricanes, would you do you think you could still you can't obviously sell high on him, but do you think you could still recoup anything resembling proper value for Noah, Noah Hannafin, or are you better off just trying to use him yourself? That's a good I mean, they have so many people that are set for a long time. Yeah. I mean, and... I just wonder what his trade value is like. Probably, probably still not, high. Probably not as high as we think, but probably still higher than what his actual on-ice value is. Right. In my so you would opinion. trade him. Then. And I mean, Noah Hannafin did have a better second half of the season than he did first half. Right. Um, well, he's got two... I mean, listen... We're just comparing him unfairly, maybe, to Pro Robin Wierenski because it was peers, but yeah, I still have Hannafin in the top fourteen. So listen, I'm I'm here for the Dylan Strom Noah Hannafin revenge tour. Um, do you have where do you have questions? Where do you have? Holy shit! What? Kyle Connor, Matt Rozell. And- you know what's really okay? This is this was really funny. So for all these drafts, like I broke them down by year, and then I listed the actual order of the top fourteen. Yeah, and then I I did mine right for this one. I had to include the fifteenth pick just to keep the trilogy going. <laughs> like you couldn't you couldn't not have Zach Senishin on this list. No, he had to be included. Um. So, who do you have? In this tier, after these guys we just mentioned, so we basically have the three forwards, and then I think you have I have Wierenski. and then Provorov. Um, I have Provorov as the next defenseman, but I actually have a forward in between. Who do you have as a forward between them? Um, I, my only hot riser from the draft, and I might be I might be gunning way too high. It might be a little bit of a bias thing, but uh, Kyle Hunter, no, a Carolina guy. Sebastian. Oh, yeah, that's fair. I mean, he had a heck of a season. Mm-hmm. I think there's a reason to be very excited. Um, but yeah, then Provorov, then Strom, then Connor. Kyle Connor had a significantly separate first half of the season versus second half, just like Hannafin. Yep. Um, I think Kyle Connor was one of the top five or top ten point scorers in the back half of the AHL season. So... I really, um, man, that Zaka pick at six is looking rough with some of the names I went after, but yeah, I warned my brother, my brother's a huge New Jersey Devils fan and I warned my brother pre-draft. I'm like, he's like, who should we go for? Who should we avoid? Cause you usually are pretty much on the money. And I was like, avoid Zaka. And then two years later, my brother's like, you're right. Well, yeah, because I mean, Zaka was sort of considered to be like that prototypical power forward. Right. But I think even at the time there were like, I think he missed a bunch of that season, his draft year and. I mean, he's not terrible, but I really, I really, you know, at the time of the draft, I was a bit skeptical on him because of his situation. And, you know, with all these guys that have played for Halifax, it's been like questions of like, how good are they actually versus the guys are playing with or whatever. Yeah. But I've really grown or Timo Meyer has grown on me. I don't know if I've grown on him. Someone someone needs to interview Timo Meyer and ask him how he feels about me now versus in 2015. But I like Timo Meyer a lot. Uh, another guy. That, Do you like Timo like, Meyer? Yeah, um, I have him. Good AHL numbers. Yep. Uh, another interesting guy, Miko Ratman. 
there was some there was some stat about how he like led the Avs in ice time or something last year, yeah. which was like remarkable and explains a lot of the Avalanche season. <laughs> it's yeah, it's interesting. The the concern for me with Ranton is at the time, I remember like his main selling point for being this high was that he was the most NHL ready guy, right? Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, aside from I guess McDavid and Eichel, yeah. So I don't know if that was true. He's, he's I don't know what his upside is as, a, as an NHL talent. His his offensive game hasn't been exceptional, but he's definitely already kind of proven himself to be um, very very efficient defensively on a team that doesn't really have that. Right. Um, and I could definitely see a Couturier type um, development with maybe a little bit less offense, which is saying. But that caps his upside. Yeah, it de- definitely caps his upside. Um, but it shows that he can be a significantly good player. Like, I still think he can be a, a second line center yeah. who's very quality. Um, then some, there's some HL guys who've got like a little shot in the NHL, like Anthony. Well, I, lo- I love this. I love this list. It goes, it goes from 11 to 15. Lawson Krause, Dennis Guriano, Jacobs Borrell, Jake DeBrusque, Zach Senishin. Yeah. None of those guys are even honorable mentions for me. No, it's tough. Um, so there, so now we get into the names with like Matt Barzal, Kyle yep. Connor. Yep. Well, Connor's already. Yep. Uh, Travis Konechny, who looked very good last year. Uh, I had Kyle Connor seventh, so I guess I'm a lot higher on him. There's another Jet guy that I'm higher on, but then again, I also had Kyle Connor six pre-draft. So. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. Um. So Travis Konechny, I mentioned. I like Anthony Bovier a lot. Kathleen. I'd like I'd like for him to actually just get regular usage on the Islanders. Like last year, while he was just sitting in the press box for no reason, just infuriated me. Yeah, uh, Travis Konechny is yep. pretty good. Colin, Brock, Colin Brock, White, Brock, Bess- Brock Besser. Besser. We just talk about Brock Besser because it's very easy to pile on the Canucks. Um, God knows I do it more, more than anyone. In my personal opinion, the Canucks last two drafts have been good. Have been good. Um, although this is. Um, not one of the last two drafts because it's three drafts. Ago, right. But, um, but I remember at the time I was like, cause I, I really liked Beauvier and Konechny and even like Nick Merkley. And there were some guys on the board that were still there and I was underwhelmed by the Besser pick, but he's, uh, he's looking like a heck of a talent, especially as a, as a finisher. So I'm very curious to see what he's going to look like on the Canucks this season, but his stock has risen quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something like we haven't mentioned a lot of defensemen. I mean, we did we we had that whole debate with Renskeeper's Provorov, but you know, like I wonder how much of it is uh, just junior world junior inflation, and you obviously got to account for that and be you know temper expectations. But like, I feel like Thomas Shabbat's star has risen quite a bit since his draft. Yeah, um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it straight up. Brandon Carlo is extremely overrated, and whatever. Well, he's uh, I, the, I mean he's overrated. It's he's a, a good player to have gotten the second round. I, I say it's concerning that he's the best thing the Bruins have to show from this draft, considering they had the thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth overall yeah. picks. Um, there's one guy that I've always kind of been high on, even pre-drafts, who hasn't really shown anything quite yet, but I'm still keeping my eyes open on Nicholas Maloche. Nicholas Maloche, that's a that's a deep dive right there. Yeah, I don't think he'll ever. I don't think he'll hit in the fourteen, top fourteen spot. But mm. 
then there's Vince Dunn, because we're talking defenseman and Noah Juleson. Those are guys who I don't think will ever hit the top 14, um, but are definitely what decent. about What about Shillington? Uh, but Rasmus Anderson and Oliver Shillington mm. were, are guys who I actually think have a shot to jump up into the top 14. Uh, whether they do or not is... God knows know, the Flames need defensemen. The, is a completely different uh, situation. But, um, you know, and I always thought that with those two. I always, yeah. thought, I always viewed those two very highly. I always thought that they were both drafted way later than they should have been. Yep. Um, and so far I'm looking correct in my assessment of that. However, I I honestly viewed Oliver Shillington higher than Rasmus Anderson pre-draft, and it, I'm starting to view it the opposite way. That yeah, that said, they're both really good players, and um, I definitely think that they have a good chance of being in the top uh, thirty for the, for this draft, and a chance of being in the top fifty, despite both being drafted in the back half of the. Second round. Well, we'll see it, like if this actually materializes, but I feel like the second round in general has a ton of incredibly fascinating names that I remember at the time thinking were like dropping for reasons unbeknownst to me. I mean, he's been underwhelming since, but I remember like being high on Jansen Harkins at the time of the draft. Yeah, Harkins was a guy that I always viewed lesser than his numbers hmm. in his draft year. Um, He's got quite the... I mean, I know the Jets are pretty happy with him, um, but I don't think he's going to really push that far past... I think his ceiling's third-line center at this point in time. Uh, Daniel Sprong is another interesting guy in the second round. Yeah, kind of weird. Uh, um, a, different, a different type of interesting. Paul Bittner. Uh, a lot of people thought we're gonna go was going to get overvalued into the first round. Uh, Turns then, out he got overvalued in the second round. Yeah, but then he got overvalued in the second round. Uh, but favorited my tweet when I said, um, you know, the guy was under a point per game despite playing on a line with the two highest scoring forwards in the WHL at the time, Oliver Bjorkstrand and Nick Batan. Yeah, that's not good. And he, he favored. He favored. Oh, my God. I wonder if he still has it he, favored. Uh, well, no, because that, tw- that tweet doesn't exist anymore. Oh, yeah, you deleted it. That's right. Yeah, I got rid of all my tweets. one of those guys. Um Honorable mention here, I'm sad that we will not see Kirill Kaprizov for the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Just sign an extension with his KHL team. I mean, if you compare his uh, his numbers to date in that league, compares very favorably well to all the guys that have come over to the NHL and exploded and been at the top of these lists for us. So, Oh, yeah. I was going to say two anecdotes or one anecdote there. Two that are related mm-hmm. um, for this 2015 NHL draft is there are two Finnish defensemen who went in the seventh round. Uh, both of them pre-draft were considered to be potential second or third round draft picks. Right. Both of them slid all the way to the seventh round. And to give you an idea of how far their slide was, um, it's usually the people who actually attend the draft are guys who are they know that they're going to get drafted. They're in the first three rounds. The guys that are after the third round, generally speaking, don't go to the draft. Right. Um, both of these guys were at the draft. Uh, one of them made the NHL last year and did a pretty good job. Not great scoring numbers, but his war was pretty de- decent and his underlying statistics were pretty decent. And then there's another guy, and he just signed an NHL contract and 
uh, he was the top um, Finnish player last year under the age of 20. Hmm. Or sorry, under, under the age of 25. Um, and he has a good chance of making the NHL next year. So it'll be kind of interesting to see two Finnish defensemen in the seventh, drafted out of the seventh round might both be playing in the NHL. And that's uh, Marcus Nutibara yep. and uh, Sami Niku. Yep. That is an interesting anecdote. You're right. <laughs> um, Garrett, we've been talking for two and a half hours. And I think we've said everything there is need to be said about the right. 2006 to the 2015 NHL draft. Oh, okay. So no 2016? No. I think this is where we put a pin in and call it a day. Patrick um, Fining. Then Austin Matthews. <laughs> um, I actually don't believe that. Do, do you have anything to plug? Uh, He's not really doing anything publicly anymore but you got, you got your you got your twitter handle you got your i got my twitter handle i, I still tech technically run a portion are, are, are you doing like some sort of like an online like a, some, some sort of seminar or something i did already do one seminar uh or do you have anything else coming up like um that? i'm gonna eventually do a follow-up to it um the second one hmm. uh just right now it's been really busy yeah i'm um, doing a whole bunch with uh well right now i'm the general manager of a major midget team which is right now I'm very busy because the fact that I'm setting up stuff for the season. Right. And then of course um, we're getting prepped for next season with hockey data and the company. Um, we eventually will hopefully be having some stuff that's, you know, for the public because of the fact that that's where I came from. Yep. Um, but uh, we're not at that point yet, but eventually. Well, I look forward to that. Um, thanks for coming to, uh, to do this exercise with me. Uh, I needed, I needed a special type of a madman who would, devote this much time and effort into this and you you really came through um hopefully you guys enjoy this as well and please make sure to go leave a rating and review on itunes for the show and we'll be back um either sometime later this week or early next week chat soon garrett the hockey pdo cast with dimitri filipovich follow on twitter at dim filipovich and on soundcloud at soundcloud.com slash hockey pdo cast mm-hmm.